Hello and welcome to the Bike Lab Performance Podcast. I am Tony Stewart, owner of the Bike Lab OKC. We have with us Brandon Jackson. Hey everybody. Team Logic IT. Team Logic IT. Uh, what was on the docket today? Dude, this whole week has just been like back-to-back meetings, conference calls. So my, I think I about lost my voice yesterday, which is not ever happened. But before. IT people don't like to talk. I like to talk. Oh, okay. That's why I'm on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's on, and we have with us Matt Lanier. Hey, guys. Manager of Whole Shot Coffee that has a really popular breakfast burrito right now. Sure does. Can't keep it in stock. Cannot. But my favorite is the breakfast sandwich because it's vegan. Both of them are delicious. It's not vegan. <laughs> it's, it's anti-vegan. It's, it's, it's kind of the opposite of that. Yeah. New feature for the podcast as we start, because we all are lovers of things. We geek out on things. We like technology. We like information, uh, that sort of deal. What is something right now, Brandon, that you're kind of obsessing about, that you're like prototyping or geeked out about? Maybe it's something you don't quite have yet that you want. What it, what's on the docket? What's, what's front of mind that you're kind of obsessing about? Um... Probably not what you would expect, maybe. Um, I mean, I'm all about the tech and all these things, and I definitely obsess over things like that. But right now, just the big thing for me is self-development and becoming a better leader for my team. Um, I've been getting up really early and trying to dive into that more. And as I'm growing in my role at work, I'm doing less and less technical things and more and more team management because we're growing as a company. And so... Um, every single day, <laughs> oh. every single day, I have to get better at that and be a better leader for my team. So okay, that's my obsession. Your leader, right, your right leadershiping, now. my leadershiping, your leadershiping. Yeah. So Matt, what we got? <laughs> you got a new uh, tech toy right there. Yeah, I got that's a new tech sick. toy. Um, I, well, so it's a new fancy smartwatch. I'm finally. Getting with the times. Is it the same brand as the other one you had, just a new model? No, this is okay. a different one. It's called the Tick Watch. Um, it gives me all sorts of stats and everything like that. Cool. Um, but more, uh, I don't know, the 5,000 foot view of getting the watch. Um, I mean, I guess I'll let the cat out of the bag. A couple weeks ago, I had to get off the bike because I was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes. So my obsession right now has been in the medical world, I guess. And it's like a new hobby for me, uh, following blood sugar and all that. You're part, you're part cyborg part, now. Part cy- yeah, part cyborg. I have a, uh, <laughs> I don't know, cyborg, bionic, I don't know. Every time I, he goes by me, I'm going to ask him what his stats are. I, on the bike. Yeah, so I have a continuous meter that sends my blood sugar to my phone. My phone sends it to my watch, so I can see that on the bike. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. That um, I was talking to you, Tony, earlier, and I said, well, I guess I probably shouldn't ever bonk ever again because... I can see wherever my uh, blood, blood sugar is low. low so yeah, you should just, be good. Just top it off. I should be okay. <laughs> be all right. Yeah. yeah. So yeah you're that's, just, that's you're just starting the new trend. Everybody's going to have that in about yeah. three years yeah. now. <laughs> yeah, just keep an eye on Froomey. That bonkometer. Yep, yeah. he's going to have that. So, yeah, that's what I've been spending all my time with. Obsessing but about. back on the bike. So, excited about excited that. Excited to see you out there with us tonight, man. Mm-hmm. I've been geeking out about two things. Mm. So it's going to be two. You have to deal with it. <laughs> the first is, I'm going to be real honest. When Specialized first came out with their Angie helmets, 
I kind of thought, ah, just another. Mm-hmm. And Angie's like this crash another subscription. It's this other subscription. It's this other thing. It's like, God, guys, can can you just make a new home with this fast and light and looks awesome, right? Like, in this little technology add-on. And at first, I just wasn't, I don't know, I wasn't into it because it takes an app to run and all that. Mm-hmm. And then the recent uh, cyclist, the chef, and okay, so he got hit and killed. And his friends just kind of walked up on him and found him. And I realized when I got hit by a car, and when lots of others have been hit by cars, I know that people that drive in cars don't intend to hit and run. But like it, it seems like 9 out of 10 turn into hit and runs. Yeah. And so I realized, man, you know, I got like four kids and things I care about, and I, I need more than just crash protection. I need post-crash protection. I need to be able to send out a cry for help if I can't. So I got an Angie helmet just for that reason. I already I have like too many helmets anyways. When you own a bike shop, you end up with all mm-hmm. kinds of crap. But... It connects with your phone and it sends out, based upon force around your head, a cry for help if you need it. And if your head goes through that kind of force versus like the Garmin crash detector that's always going off, it's on your bike. Yeah. Uh, it makes a big difference. So that and. I hope you never yeah, have to definitely. use that. Well, you know what? It's like any other insurance. Policy, Speaking though. of that, I actually would have tested it out yesterday morning. Be- oh, because yeah, I, I had I one of the most I, I, yeah. there's there's mountain bike crashes and then there's what I call the thunderclap and I'd only ever heard the thunderclap once before and it was riding with Matt Wills at Bluff Creek and at Bluff Creek there's this big downhill everyone calls Big Stupid Matt rode that and broke his collarbone one time mm. then a year later or so I was riding with him on a mountain bike and it was the, the dirt was a little wet at the bottom of that hill <coughs> and we were riding together I was on a cross bike he was on a mountain bike and then I heard this, what I call a thunderclap, which is the sound of human flesh slapping dirt. <laughs> <laughs> and he had crashed again in the same spot. Oh, man. And he just kind of, he didn't hurt his shoulder. It was, he just didn't want to hurt it again. Yesterday I was riding with Rob Bell at Bluff Creek. I was 200 feet from being done with a third lap. And we're just ripping the last couple turns and I clipped a tree. And I thunderclapped. Like, I smacked the ground so hard that I sat up laughing at first because it was just so hilariously... Like, I feel like the leaves had shook off the trees. Is that the sort of one where you get up and you try to run away from your pain? You know, like, get, get like, sucker punched or something like that by a tree and you just try to run away from it. Well, I didn't hit the tree. My handlebar hit the tree and it sent me, just kind of launched me onto the ground. And I just... I feel like there's probably, like, a mildly obese middle-aged shape in the dirt at Bluff Creek right now. (laughs) From where I hit. And I'm not even sore today. It was just like a full body. It was like a, a thunderclap, man. Just a slap of human flesh on dirt. Uh, if I'd had the Angie helmet on, which I didn't have my mountain bike helmet on because it has more coverage than the Evade I got that's an Angie. And they do an Angie with that. I just don't have enough money to buy a bunch of helmets right now. Um, it would have triggered it. And I didn't make contact with my head. So that's what's cool about Angie. It, just, it measures the force happening around your head. You don't have to make impact for it to go off. It definitely would have gone off. Can, Mike, you, can you retrofit the Angie to... Nope. No. It has to be built into the the webbing, mm-hmm. like a notch. You yeah. can get one that doesn't have the tech on it. Yeah. Um, but the tech... So what they did, especially I took all their MIPS helmets yeah. that were already like 20 bucks more just because of MIPS licensing, mm-hmm. and added Angie to them for free. Mm. So Angie doesn't actually cost you anything in the first... To get it or in the first year. After the first year, it's like 20, 30 bucks a year for that. And it also does like a... Sends an email out with your location. Okay. So you don't have to do like Strava Beacon wow. or Garmin Live Track. You could just do that off your helmet app connection thing. Anyways, I'm geeking out about that. 
and uh, I'm going back and I've been doing and actually been really liking Timothy Ferris's four hour body slow carb diet. Because mm. doing, I've done fat based, but you can't do that if you're doing endurance stuff. I cannot do anything carb based because I just stay fat. Like, at least in my experience so far, I'm hungry all the time. Yeah. The slow carb is a way to moderate blood sugar, but I still have a lot of carbs in my system. So when I go, so I'm still doing like a 50 30 or 50 30 20 or 50 20 30, whatever. Yeah. Um, so more carbs in my diet, but not high glucose mm-hmm. carbs. Mm-hmm. And doing that for two weeks, and it's actually been working. Awesome. I feel fueled. Yeah. I don't have to have a lot of calories. So Sweet. we'll see. I don't know. Middle age crisis. It's turning 40 this year. Yeah. It's all downhill. I feel like I'm already... I mean, it's my race age already, so I'm already 40. <laughs> That's the fun thing with racing bikes. Yes. All right. Our topic today... Because it's something I've actually been dealing with. FOMO. Fear of missing out. Because there are some really cool experiences happening in the city. I'm sure anywhere you're at, there's cool things going on. Wheeler. Tuesdays. There's Group Ride Thunder Thursday, which we're getting ready to do on Thursday nights. There's ERR Saturday mornings. There's Boxcar Sunday mornings. Um, there's mountain bike rides. There's races. A lot of like hard, fun things to go do. But then you get to where you should probably take a recovery week, and you don't want to miss out, the fear of missing out. Mm. Have you guys dealt with that? Have you dealt with that, Jackson? Or is it all just like spreadsheeted? <laughs> I think I play the long game too much. I think that's my natural, my natural theme. So I probably deal with that less. Less. Um, but it's hard to get. It's hard to get dropped on a trainer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. No, but I think, I think the part that I would miss out on is um, that I do miss out on when I have to take force, you know, like purposeful recovery weeks is just not being with the team, not being with my friends, and hanging out and stuff. I think Wheeler's a good opportunity to go out though. Um, it, you can be on a recovery week and have ridden before you get there or ride while you're there on the river trail or something but still be a part of the social scene of Wheeler and not feel like you're missing out too, too much. So there's an opportunity to still kind of be in with things. Hmm. What do you think, Matt? I think I definitely went through that phase. I think a lot of people do as well. Whenever you're just starting to get faster and you're just becoming like on the front end of the fast group ride instead yeah. of hanging on where... You're, yeah, what's you, that you like? Feel like <laughs> you feel like you, you have something to prove every single week, and then right. if you miss out on that ride, then you feel like, well, I missed my chance to. It's almost like social standing stuff yeah, too. Like I don't want you're... everyone to think I'm like quitting or something. Yeah, yeah. So it's uh, I don't know. It's something that you push through. Um, whenever I whenever I started reading the books on self coaching and training and that sort of thing, and the importance of the closer. The more dedicated you are to your goal event, uh, the more dedicated you are to training for that event, the more willing you have to be to give up on some of those group rides. So the more dedicated yeah. you are, the possi- I mean, possibly the less group rides you're going to be doing just because your training doesn't fit in with the group rides. Now, we've talked about it before where we can, we can make group rides fit, but you have to be flexible and you have to realize that it's just one ride it's only a couple hours yeah. we'll be back next week well and i think part of that too what's interesting is the faster guys get in a certain area the more they disappear and i think it has to do with you look at guys that like 
some of the DNA elite amateur guys that were out killing it at Joe Martin. Mm-hmm. I just know personally they all have FTPs that are uh, 350 and a higher. So when they go into an endurance right around here that averages 20 to 21, and they only average 250 to 230 watts, it's not even it's barely zone two riding for them. Right. It's they're not really it's not a net gain cardiovascular fitness wise if they're going to go out and do a hard zone two ride. They got to do it at an average of 300 watts. Yeah. Well, if they do that at the front of most of the groups around here, everyone's yelling at them for riding too hard because <laughs> they're doing like 22 or 24. Yeah. Uh, so I think as you get faster, there's a reality where riding with the group ends up being a step backwards. Mm-hmm. Especially when it, whenever it's advertised as a endurance pace group ride. Yeah. Well, it's endurance for the front two guys at the front of the pace line. Everyone Everybody else is coasting. Is coasting. Yeah, everyone's that's just not chilling. An endurance yeah. ride. That's that's you coasting for two hours so for, for folks that are still trying to hold on that are still developing fitness or aren't trying to be a racer it's a great workout they're burning calories whatever but i think even in the winter time sometimes it's easy well there's not as many people riding so you end up pulling more anyways um but those solo rides that are three to four hours long you're getting way more productivity out of than a social ride but that fear of missing out of not seeing your buddies or yeah, letting right. groups be your motivation can drive you to some unhealthy practices. Yeah, I mean, I think finding the balance between the two is really important. Yeah, I think there definitely has to be a balance. I think, I think and again, it's motivators. Like somebody like me, I, I love riding with groups and having fun, but I also like getting really quality work in in a short amount of time, too, mm-hmm. so I just try to balance the two together and some of our athletes. Well, you got some good quality work at Wheeler. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, lap over lap, lap over lap. <laughs> Oh, God, it's so hard. It was fun for about half the race. Uh, and then it wasn't fun anymore. <laughs> I think instead of a master's race, we should have a race that's two children and above. If you have two children and above. Yes. <laughs> yes. Because there's plenty of guys that are 35 plus that are have amazing dedication to the sport. Mm-hmm. And I have nothing but respect for them. But there's a different reality when you got kids in the house. Yeah. I mean, Chad can still win the race. It's okay. Because Hodges is riding out of his mind. Yeah. But I don't want to be lapped 14 times by Grant Coots. Because <laughs> that guy, so that guy is, is like the nicest dude in the planet. Has gloriously beautiful hair. <laughs> and is ridiculously fast. Yeah. Can you imagine that guy in a System 6? Oh my gosh. <laughs> It'd just be out of this world, man. He's riding a Lego block around. He'd lap us 18 times instead oh of 17 God. times. Yeah. He would have a hard time, like, pedaling through in the corner. <sighs> Dude's fast. Fear of missing out, it's a real thing. Uh, I think the social aspect of cycling is amazing, but there actually is a point. Now, you know someone who I respect that never group rides, and not that I've seen very much, and has gotten really fast and had some huge success? Chris Drummond. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When he was at the shop and as he's read, he's always been so focused. He does workouts when he needs to, and he'll get on a, a group ride every now and again. But his whole family just has this incredible commitment to what they're doing. Yeah. And he's just, he's training. Like, he's getting the right work in the right time. He's, he's someone to look at, at kind of his pattern if you're really wanting excellence. It won't be as social. Not that he's not at a lot of the practice races and stuff like that. Like he's still super ingrained in that community. But he always just had this really strong commitment to making sure if he had this goal, he was going to make sure the right work happened. If it happened to fit his social environment, great. But he was going to take care of family first before friends. It was it's, uh, that was somebody I've seen that's done that that's 
on the other end of the spectrum. I don't think he, I think everyone always misses out on trying to be around Chris. Chris doesn't really miss out on being around others. Because <laughs> he's got a couple of national championships. He's so the focused, man. Oh, he's, well, yeah. he's proven that that's what works. Stars and bars a couple of times, yeah. right? Yeah, super impressive. I think everybody has to prioritize what they want to get from their riding. That's true. There's a lot of people who, who have a training plan with their long-term goal of being just a just to hang out and just to be more competitive on the Saturday group ride. Yeah. Right? And then there's other guys who have a training plan that's uh, their main priority is a national championship. Yeah. And so each of those, those two different riders are going to have different priorities of what they want their weekly riding to look like. Right. Right? If you just want to be fast on a group ride, you can build a training plan around being at a bunch of the group rides. But if you're chasing national or state championships and you need to prioritize quality workouts over social rides. Right. Right. So if it's VO2 time, and group rides don't give you a lot of VO2. You can try to put them in there. Um, some criteriums give you a lot of VO2. Wheeler has a hard time doing that because it's such a drag race. It's incredible threshold work. It's really good tactically because the you have to make the tactics work instead of the course kind of creating them. Right, but you don't get it. I mean, well, you I mean you get five minutes of VO two, and then you're dropped, right? <laughs> like, wait, wait for the group to come back, and around. then you get five more minutes, <laughs> five laps, minute a lap. Uh, so sometimes you have to kind of step back and look at the big picture, and think, okay, am I getting the right work with these social environments? And you may have to become intentionally antisocial a little bit, sacrifice the hangout for the goal. Yeah. How do people know? when this is a problem for them if, if they don't have a coach? I think whenever you start plateauing, right? If you're not seeing progress, then you got to change something. Something's not working for you. If your hard rides are only ever group rides, you've already slid into the middle. If you've been doing that for four months, five months, you're already in the middle. Yeah, you're not getting faster. Because you're, you're in the draft too much, right? right? Like, Road racing is aggressive enough that you're getting really good punches. Criterium racing, especially technical courses, you're getting punches. Group rides aren't aren't enough, I don't think. A, a group workout would be. So what we did when we were doing Hefner in the winter, we would basically just do a 15-minute sweet spot threshold, like full-on, chill out, and repeat two more times. So we were getting 45 minutes of threshold no matter who you were. Yeah. If we went and did that on Thursday night, went and did a VO2 workout, and just said, hey... The 40 of us are going to go out to this one hill. It's two minutes. We're going to ride our brains out up it. One at a time. Recover down. Cars are going to hate us because no one can get past this road now. Uh, <laughs> and we're going to do a group workout. That would actually be a way that a group could do it. But it had to be more like track and field. It couldn't be the typical group ride scenario. So what we do on Thunder Thursday, we're basically trying to get two 15 to 20 minute threshold workouts. Right? Like that's what we're trying to do. Yeah. And even then... You're you, in the draft you, some. You as an individual rider have to make that be a threshold for yourself. Because mm-hmm. you can sit in the draft, you can go from doing threshold to sit in high zone two or low zone three pretty quickly. What yeah. are some tips or tricks to where if you decide you are going to do some group rides I think um, to, to, to get a little more quality work than you would normally just sitting in and doing I what th- everybody else is doing? I think it really depends on the group ride. So if it's a... If it's just your Sunday group ride, mm-hmm. and you try to do intervals off the back or off the front, or try to 
move out of the group into the wind, you're going to get a bunch of guys yelling at you. If you go off the back and do that, you're okay. Right? So letting the group get like a 30-second yeah. gap and then yeah. going VO2 to catch on, that's okay. I wouldn't do anything off the front. Sure. If it's like ERR, I've had athletes before that I've been coaching and I've, I've told them to ride it stupid. Yeah. Pull too much before the hard section. Definitely. Right? Attack when it doesn't make sense. Mm. Right? You're going to get blown up. It's going to be hard. You're going to yeah. put yourself in crisis and you're going to have to dig to get back on. Yeah. And now you're getting some work versus safely sitting in the draft and, and doing the fun the sprint, sprint at the yeah. end, but you were never exposed. So you never even get the threshold because you're just trying to... Now, that's a good speed skill development, but it's not necessarily good physiological mm. development. Sure. I guess the focus, though, is though when when you know that you need recovery... That's the harder one. ...is you need to force yourself to do recovery. If the schedule you're doing, you're able to do five weeks in a row and still be in a good mood, it's not hard enough. You're no longer improving. Yeah. yeah. You so if you, don't, if you don't need recovery after three weeks, you haven't been pushing it enough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Start at week three if you don't feel like... If you're not looking forward to the recovery week, mm-hmm. then it's not hard enough. Yeah. Right. And so that's, that's probably a good indicator. If you've been rinsing and repeating the same schedule for 12 weeks, you're already at a plateau yep. because you've already self-limited to what you can consistently do. And the whole point of training is to do something you can't. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. FOMO. FOMO. We're going to set some KOMs with this West Wind tonight. <laughs> I was going to ride the LA Sprint, but now I'm going to be all spun out. Now you get me worried. I would do the 52. (laughs) All right. Well, everyone, thank you for listening. Uh, If you're interested, uh, this is actually something new I did this week. We have our one-on-one coaching. But if you would like to have a sit-down, hour-long conversation to look at your goals and to get some ideas of training and planning and thinking about things in the right way, the general principles with one of us, $39.99. 40 bucks, sit down with us as a consultation. You can schedule it, and we'll sit down with you at Whole Shot. We'll cover the coffee, and you can get an idea of what races you have coming up, general plans, a couple of example workouts, and apply it on your own. It doesn't take a, a whole mentoring one-on-one coaching plan to do that if you feel a little more self-led, but just need some perspective. $40 sit-down consultation is something that we're getting ready to offer. So if you're interested in that, uh, just email us here at the Bike Lab. Check us out, thebikelabokc.com. Thanks for listening this week. I am Tony Stewart with the Bike Lab OKC. Brandon Jackson, Team Logic IT. Fax Machine Pro. <laughs> <laughs> and our cyborg. Yeah, cyborg, droid, droid in training. <laughs> Matt Lanier here. Matt Lanier, Whole Shot Coffee. Thanks for listening, guys. Take care.